Well, and it, and it turns out that a lot of those things that are good processes for development turn out to be real handy for security as well, right? Like having, like mandating documentation, like putting everything into a marketplace or into a gateway, right? That actually all helps security as well. I'm Jason Harmon, and this is API Intersection, where you'll get insights from experienced API practitioners to learn best practices on things like API design, governance, identity auth, versioning, and more. Welcome back to API Intersection. Uh, as always, I'm your host, Jason Harmon, CTO at Stoplight. It's been a bit since we've talked about kind of security stuff in APIs, and uh, it's certainly a timely subject as we see the uh, the numbers coming in that these things are on the rise. Uh, APIs are everywhere now. It's in everything. Uh, you're surrounded by them as we speak, and they're all being hacked, apparently. So uh, <laughs> I'm glad that we, we found a, a guest who certainly this is his wheelhouse, and I want to thank uh, Dan Barahona for joining us. Dan, did I say your name right? I forgot to ask before. You, you did a great job. Not the easiest I got uh, last name to nail. Um, probably the first Barahona you've met, but uh, no, super pleased to be here. Thanks so much. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Dan's coming to us from API Sec and a little API Sec University thing that's uh, we're going to tell you more about. But uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and kind of what got you here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've been around cybersecurity for a good long while, 20, 20 plus years or so. Lots of different stops along the way, um, ArcSight, uh, Anomaly, Qualys. Uh, I'm at a company called AppySec now. Um, and last year, got involved with creating um, AppySec University, which has been uh, a really remarkable journey and, and a whole lot of fun just to try to build some awareness and education around um, API risks and, and how to go about securing APIs. So it's been, been really well received by the community. Yeah, as I said, I think with the uh, the things we all keep reading about and that I'm sure plenty of the practitioners listening have been dealing with is uh, this is the new attack surface. So I think, uh, you know, timely to provide educational material. I did a little dabbling on it myself this morning and it's pretty cool. Um, seems like, uh, yeah, what is it, Corey Ball, I think his name is, that's uh, doing this? Yeah, I've got to make a little plug here for my good friend, Corey. He's he's the author of this book, um, Hacking APIs. Um which has been uh, really sort of, you know, uh, shaking the market on on what these risks are and, and how prevalent they are. I mean, you've probably seen the stat that Gartner's been saying, you know, for years now that APIs would become the most frequent attack vector. Um, something like 80 plus percent of the internet is API traffic mm -hmm. these days. Uh, like you said, it's all around us. Um, and of course the attackers have, have taken notice. And, and what's sort of interesting is, you know, APIs, provide a, so much good capability, uh, integration and scalability and, and being able to create applications that are incredibly functional. And, it, and APIs expose all that wonderful functionality, but they also expose all the warts. Um, and if there are any flaws or vulnerabilities or logic uh, gaps in your APIs and your applications, actually, those get exposed too. Um, and those are the things that turn into great big breaches and, and geez, there are, there are tons of them out there. Plenty of examples. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. So I, I think, you know, I, I surmise that many of the listeners, uh, are dealing with this challenge of none of us want to get our APIs hacked. Um, 
and and certainly some of their you know security colleagues don't either but i feel like we're still in a very weird disconnect this is a space i follow really closely uh it's obviously a subject i care about i've done a lot with kind of identity and auth systems um yeah. and it just i don't know it just doesn't seem like anything's clicking yet it's like i see the the attacks on the rise the problems everyone wants to learn about it talk about it but I feel like within organizations, there's still something broken. I'm curious, you know, what you're seeing out yeah. there. We're definitely seeing that something's not clicking, right? For for the amount of like high profile breaches that are happening, that are in the news, that are clearly related to APIs. I mean, just this week, we got Reddit, right? Um, and uh, what is it? 80 gigs of of data stolen that's now being ransomed back to, to Reddit. Uh, and there's so many other examples. Uh, I'm sure by tomorrow there'll be another one. And yet, you know, the the adoption of API security programs and technologies seems to be lacking, um, or it's or it's lagging. Maybe is is the word, right? And what's interesting is the conversations that that we've had um, really are pretty eye opening. When when we talk to security teams, there's almost like a deer in the headlights look about APIs. Like, yeah, we know they're a thing. We know they're a risk, um, but we don't know a whole lot about them. We don't even know all the APIs we've got. You know, we need to go out and discover these APIs. And that, even the word discover sounds like it's a mystery. You know, like, you know, we got to go, you know, find a treasure map and figure out where these APIs are. And then when you go talk to product teams, that's not their worry. Right, they're worried about security. Um, that is for sure. Right, this notion that engineering doesn't care about security—I don't buy that, honestly. Yeah. Um, but this notion that that we don't know our APIs is is garbage, honestly. Um, and when you talk to product teams, you know they want to they want to have an inventory of APIs just like security does. But the way they go about it is, let's just go talk to all the product owners and let's go talk to the different teams, and you know. Geez, if you don't get the vast majority of your APIs that way, um, then something's really out of whack. And and this kind of concept of of rogue and shadow APIs, to me, that reeks of you got a governance problem. Um, like, how is that happening? How is it that you're not controlling what's being put onto it's, it's, the network? Into, into it's the, all over into right now. Though. I, I think you know, and, and I certainly you know. Uh, you know, with the stoplight viewpoint, get a, a you know probably unique look at it. But I, the the realities of API sprawl are like ever present. I mean, everywhere you turn, at least for us, you know, everywhere we look, it's like people kind of going, uh, "We <laughs> we tried to be cool and build lots of APIs because they're good, but we didn't keep track yeah. of them all, and now they're just out there, and we don't even know what we have anymore." Yeah. So I think that kind of like building the catalog is definitely where a lot of folks are at right now. And to your point, it is a governance function. Um, I think what's weird is uh, how many times it's like, let's just analyze logs to find them, which I always find strange and counterintuitive, but you know, I guess design first mindset, right? <laughs> it's like, well, it's, find it's, the contracts, it's the, but they don't exist. <laughs> Anyways, go ahead. Well, it's it's the security playbook, right? Let's let's put a video camera on it. Let's put yeah. some algorithms on it. Let's go detect these things. And there's nothing wrong with that approach, but you're probably going to spend a lot of time censoring your network to try to get all the traffic, you know, visible. 
and you know it's going to see what it sees, right? If that API is not being exercised or an endpoint's not being exercised, you're not going to see it. Or if you're not putting a sensor on that segment of the network, you're you're not going to see it. And so, um, yeah, we put a whole lot of effort into finding these things. But I think, like, yes, there's a ton of sprawl, and you're right. Like, we went off and went crazy with with developing APIs, and there's there's a, probably like a like a, an, a retrenching needed, uh, which say like let's let's rationalize all this stuff, right? And I've yeah. talked to companies who're like, okay, we've got 500 APIs, we need we need to get it down to like a hundred, mm-hmm. right? And so they recognize there's been this sprawl, and probably a bunch of stuff that doesn't need to be out there, or maybe it's out of date, or it just hasn't been touched in a while. So let's get that let's get that under control. And and you talk about like marketplaces and that sort of thing. Like I think. It was really interesting. I was talking to the guys from from Kroger and um, some really clever guys. Are, they were presenting at uh, Happy Days conference, and what they did was they they wanted to build an inventory of all their APIs, and and you know they went to Confluence and things like that. But then they just walked around and talked to everybody, and you know eventually got a pretty good thing. And but then what they did was interesting. They wanted to create a kind of a process and a program that benefited the developers in the API product owners and they created a marketplace an internal marketplace so if you got an api then here's where you can showcase it and make it accessible and let people discover it right and so it turned out to be something as a net positive to the development organization while also being better governance better security better um, standardization and yeah. and process flow so that was a really interesting approach i thought that they they'd taken so one thing we hear a lot from kind of smart practitioners is like you you can sort of build the program and if you go at it with this sort of enforcement mindset it's like you know try to tell a group of developers what to do you're going to get the opposite <laughs> right? uh, yeah, but yeah, more yeah. so is like um let me explain what happens if you don't use these things we're offering right here's the risks that you're taking on by yourself if you use the stuff that we're providing um you know in terms of uh, sort of governance rule sets or even toolkits, whatever, then, uh, you know, your APIs are going to look cool. Uh, they're not going to look like a one-off that you made up. They're going to look and look like everything else and the carrot yeah. of, you know, uh, we're going to protect you from all these risks. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think that kind of enablement mindset is definitely what works these days. Um, especially with, I think, developers coming up who it's like, man, you really can't tell them what to do. But anyway, CTO, <laughs> CTO, uh, CTO trauma, sorry. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. Well, and it, and it turns out that a lot of those things that are good processes for development turn out to be real handy for security as well, right? Like having, like mandating documentation, like putting everything into a marketplace or into a gateway Right. That actually all helps security as well. Right. Because, you know, if you really want to test your APIs or find vulnerabilities or things like that, the first place any team's going to want to go to is the documentation. Like, what is what does this API do? What are all the endpoints? What does the authentication look like? How are the payloads defined? What kind of data does it have access to? And if you don't have that defined somewhere, you're just making security's job a whole lot harder. Yeah. I, I guess back to, uh, I don't know, we kind of rabbit trailed there, but this is a huge topic, so it's fair. Uh, I, I guess on on the subject of kind of security teams maybe being a little out of touch, it's like 
I guess in my mind, it wasn't that long ago that most security teams were just focused on network boundaries and that was it, right? That was like, I think less than 10 years yeah. ago for the most part. And in some places it's probably still that way. And then it's like, oh, what about cloud? And like, do we have access yeah. control stuff right? And uh, I, I feel like in some ways this has all been too fast for security teams. And ultimately they don't have a lot of application developers to understand some of this stuff. So. I guess, you know, that's right. I'm curious from your perspective, like, how do we, how do we cross the bridge? How do we like get there and not have APIs be the world's next big problem? <laughs> yeah, that's uh, a great question. I mean, so having lived through a lot of this cybersecurity, you know, evolution for the last 20 years, you're, you're, you're spot on, right? I come from the SIM world and back in the day, you know, logs were, you know, firewall logs and network logs. That's what you looked at. Right. And And then, you know, now we're like, you know, now we have web application firewalls, things that are app savvy. And now we have API savvy, you know, network based technologies and things like that. And, you know, what's interesting is, um, you know, the what, what sort of skills are needed to really tackle security at this level. It, it's, it's no longer, you know, looking for port scanning and really basic signature kind of stuff. Like you've got to go deep into um, the logic layer of of applications and and when we look at like you know sort of state of the art of 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 API testing or app testing in general you know you've got things I mean yes you've got static code analyzers and dynamic testers and that sort of thing that tend to look at like you know injections and cross-site scripting and still kind of like pretty plain vanilla type of threats but when you look at the breaches that happen in the real world they tend to be logic breaches, right? There's some sort of logic flaw, right? It's like if you take Coinbase, for example, like what happened there was this person reverse engineered the API calls for selling some crypto. And then instead of using the UI, use the API to, to, to issue uh, direct calls to the back end. And literally he had an account with like Ethereum and he said, okay, these 50 units of Ethereum aren't Ethereum, they're Bitcoin. And just change the what they were in an API call, and he he literally was expecting an error code. He just wanted to see what the error looked like, and instead he got a two hundred and forty thousand dollars just got deposited into his account, and and that is a logic flaw, right? And I don't know any inline tool that can detect that, right? Because it's too nuanced. There's not enough context, so. The, the state of the art or the, or the approach is to pressure test the hell out of your APIs. And that typically is the domain of like a red team or, or a pen tester. Um, and typically that's been like pen testing a mobile app or a web app, right? There's structure in a UI. You can do this, you can't do that. Um, but if you want to pen test an API, like there's no structure at all, right? You're looking at a flashing cursor prompt and you got to write code if you want to do it. So you got to be, you got to be security savvy. You got to be application savvy. You got to be, um, you know, API savvy, right? It's a bunch of skills that are that are really tricky to to combine, and it's one of the reasons why we created AppySec University. So so there's my little plug. Yeah. Um, it's it's a site that's got a bunch of really awesome free non-vendory courses. So you know, um, highly recommend people check it out, but. You know, those logic flaws are the Achilles heel of, of APIs, right? And, and so 
I think the only way you can really truly find them is through really comprehensive, continuous, aggressive testing, attack yeah. simulating, and just try every combination, every permutation of request and see what works. See, it's interesting. Um, we, we've shared quite a bit on um, kind of coming out of the podcast on what API product managers should be doing. And like one of the high points was this is not like your point and click user experience where testing is going to be hard to implement. This is, you have no excuse for not testing all those permutations. This is a programmatic interface you're designing, right? Um, That's right. But it occurs to me as you're saying all this, that I guess that means that product managers need to talk to security teams. How much does that happen in real life? Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it needs to happen a whole lot more. Um, I was actually just talking to a big healthcare company that are embarking on an API security program. So it's a security team. And the, and the guy that's running this is just kind of ramping up, um, looking for advice everywhere he could. And my number one piece of advice was go and talk to the product team. Go and talk to the engineering team. Like This is not going to work well if you're not having a tight collaboration with them. And this whole concept of, of shifting left, I mean, it's almost, un, it's not, it's not, it's unoptional. It's not optional here, right? Because where's the fix? Like, let's say you find a vulnerability, some flaw in that API that, that you know, makes you vulnerable. It's not a firewall rule that you're going to go right. You know, it's, it's probably code that needs to get added into the application itself. It's mm -hmm. code that's got to go fix like that Coinbase, you know, gap, right? And, and Coinbase, in, in, in full fairness, like they did a great job of acknowledging what happened. They they fixed it within a day and they blogged about it. And they said the, the cause of the issue was a missing logic validation check. That's a direct quote, right? So security teams have to be talking to to the product teams, right? And that has to be a collaboration that probably hasn't really existed anywhere near where it's going to need to be going forward. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. Um, so uh, I, I guess when you're looking at, you know, I mean, we're kind of poking here at what is it that needs to change to make things better. But I guess when you're, um, you know, engaging with your customers or, or just kind of, you know, getting to know folks, like what's kind of the advice that you tend to give on things that they should be looking for? Like kind of you know, yeah, categories sure. of concern here on how to set up an API-centric security program. Yeah. Well, um, not to be too self-serving, but um, we do have a course called API Security Fundamentals on on the on the site, um, and it's a ninety-minute course, and it's really kind of was built to to address that one question. In fact, a lot of companies now are making that course mandatory. Um, and they've even asked that that uh, that they be able to deploy the course in their internal systems, which we we do actually offer that. Um, and but what we cover in there are you know we talk about real world breaches, we talk about the OWASP top ten. But the thing I kind of want to zero in on here is what we think of as the three pillars of API security, and those three pillars are governance, testing, and monitoring. And and that seems to really cover. Um, in a small number of, of categories, the, the real spectrum of, of what you need to be thinking about from an API security perspective. So the governance side is really where you ought to be starting, right? And that's about how do we securely develop and deploy and operate 
our, our APIs. And it's things like well, what you guys do at Stoplight, right? Like having you know well-defined documentation, you know, setting standards for like versioning. You know, when do we version? When do we retire? Um, what are our authentication policies? What's the minimum? That's the bit is like make sure you actually have auth defined in your open API. <laughs> Jeez, come on, people, like you'd be shocked. <laughs> well, and and then I've seen some really good style guides out there where they're like, I think it's at Lassie, they say, okay, authentication at minimum. You need username, password. If there's PII, then you need to have you know a higher level. Um, and then it states like authorization not handled by the API. It's an it's an application duty, right? So so that's what you know governance is all about, right? Like you know putting all this stuff into a marketplace or into a gateway and and having you know standard processes for deploying it. Then we got the 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 testing um, pillar, right? Which is you know really like you said, you know, this is a this is a programmatic interface, and there's no reason why, you know, if we're if we're unit testing and we're performance testing and we're scalability testing, why aren't we security testing in the CI/CD pipeline, right? There's no excuse for that, right? Why are you waiting for the twice a year pen test? See, but I, I think it's interesting that you pointed out that example earlier of the the kind of Coinbase hack as like, I think sometimes people look at like, well, we defined all our auth stuff, so we're good. But in a mature security viewpoint, you're looking really at things as, as risk management. And to your point, like there, uh, managing your currency and not having like currency conversion holes, that's a big risk if your job <laughs> is to manage money stuff, right? So it, it has well, to, I, I like your, the perspective you're bringing that manage the risks, which potentially include the auth stuff, but it's probably a whole lot of other things too. Well, and, and one of the symptoms there is um, we see this a lot in in the the real world breaches is an over reliance on the UI as a security enforcer, right? And and there, we did a webinar recently with the, this guy Sam Curry who hacked like almost every car you can think. It's really remarkable, and I mean literally through the API, start and stop engine, unlock doors, you know, account takeover, locate the vehicle, all of that, right? And it's the same thing almost every time, right? They, they go to a mobile app or a web app, do some things, sniff the, the API traffic, then call the API direct. And when you call the API direct, a lot of those controls are gone, right? Like that Coinbase example, you could never have, you could never have changed Ethereum to Bitcoin in the UI. There's no button for that. Right, the but the UI controls what you can do, but an API is a wide open field, and so that's why I like this style guide from Atlassian. It said authorization is an application level duty, not the UI. It's not a it's not a credentialing issue. You've got to control it at at the at the app logic level. So yeah, yeah, I think there's another point in there that you're kind of making that um, is something I've, I've certainly beat people over the head with for years. Is like we'll talk about sort of API visibility. I go, well, this one is is just for our own apps. It's not public. I go, but wait, is it over the internet without any VPN or anything? Yeah, well, then it's public. It's just a matter of time before someone's going to sniff that traffic, dig into your app, whatever, and figure out how it works. My favorite, which now is like an antique example, uh, was when Tesla's first came out and they had, um, uh, you know, the sort of, API controllable things in the car and someone figured out that they had used a get to toggle opening the door. 
well, that's great, except if you end up behind <laughs> some sort of caching proxy that caches that get and your doors just stick open. <laughs> that was not oh, surfaced by Tesla or anyone else. It was that somebody went and documented Tesla's API in a GitHub repo and then showed this example, no right? Um, they never that's... wanted that out there. Then I'm sure their folks are thinking like, well, we didn't say that that's uh, available, but it is, right? So if you put no, it on it's... the internet, it's public. Treated as such, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, we have a lot of best practices in, in the course. And one of them is like, don't have hidden APIs. Like they are not hidden. They will be discovered. Don't have undocumented APIs. If you're if you're going to put it out there, then like expect it to be discovered. Make sure you know yeah. what's what you're putting out there. But I think and it, there are, and it's that fallacy in thinking that leads to people going, well, it's protected because the only thing that we've documented is the UX for it. Right. It's like, like just the little Chrome inspector is going to show the traffic. It's not hard to figure out. Right. It, so. It's not. Um, I've actually talked to, ironically, security companies where they, they, they make their APIs available. If you want to download all your data or results or scans or whatever it is. Right. And they have this, this one particular company. They said, yeah, you know, we have our documented APIs and then we have a bunch of APIs that, you know, our, our UI uses them and this and that. And we know that people are going to go reverse engineer and that's, you know, they're, they're sort of okay with it. It's like, okay, that's just not, that's not a good policy. That's not a good way to, to behave. But for sure, especially in that hacking cars, there's so many examples of APIs that were never meant to get utilized um, that this guy found and was able to very cleverly manipulate. Uh, there was one example where he found an internal um, single sign-on page for employees and he was able to hack into it. He just created like a basic account. And then he looked at the, 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 the API traffic and there was a parameter that, which was like user type. So just, he just guessed and he said, user type equals dealer. Right. And it worked. <laughs> and suddenly he had access to the dealer portal. Right. Yeah. And he could see every vehicle they'd sold, the inventory, the, you, you name it. So yeah, you're right though. Like, there's there's no there's there's no no notion of security from it's an internal um don't think like that yeah yeah uh so let's see i kind of derailed you there you were on sort of testing and then i guess monitoring was the third one right and then yeah the third pillar monitoring i mean it's that's critical right you got to monitor there's some things that like testing you know will reveal if you've got you know rate limit controls or things like that but you know you want to be doing monitoring if you want to look for brute force attacks, you want to look for high volume types things you want to do. I mean, there's a lot of things like like gateways can do, right? You can, you know, set IP whitelisting. If you want to make sure this API is only accessible to trusted partners, right? Doing things like cores, right? Like, you know, cross-origin resource sharing, like make sure that your APIs can't be exercised by by entities that you don't allow. So there's Plenty of 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 need for for um, monitoring, whether it's security monitoring or monitoring in a gateway. Um, but those are the three pillars, right? Governance, testing, and monitoring, and and that's that's where you know you know that's sort of the core advice is to really be thinking about those three elements and and you know start on the governance side and and work your way to the right. Um, you know, do testing, pre-production, you know, automate it as much as you can, um, shift yeah. it left. Pre-production is better do than it production up. testing. I agree. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you could test in production as a validation. That's nice. Um, make sure things didn't change. Um, 
But um, but yeah, find the issues before they ever go live. Do it continuous, right? Like not once or twice a year, but on every release. So, so wire it right in. And then and do the monitoring, right? The blocking and tackling to make sure nothing weird's happening that uh, that you need to know about. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely, I think, um, especially on like the pen testing stuff, it's like the old model of twice a year, we hire someone to go run a script pack against us. And that's that. Like, any enough yeah. anymore. You got to have something that's CICD integrated as much as you can. Hard to afford these things sometimes. Uh, I know certainly for us as a small company, it's, you know, it limits what you can do. But uh, yeah. Well, the yeah. good thing about automation is, you know, um, it's you're not paying like for bodies to be you know sitting down dreaming up yeah. dreaming up tech scenarios i mean that's the scale problem right like yeah. you know relying on on pen tests like it's just it's time consuming it's manual and apis are hard to test right yeah. it's it's not a human interface it's a machine interface and you're and you're employing humans to try to do it yeah it's it's another interesting factor though of uh, pen tests for me um it's funny because I don't, I don't talk about a lot of security stuff on the show here, but like it's part of my job at Stoplight is heading our security program. Um, and uh, it's a lonely job, but, you know, I think about it a lot. <laughs> uh, it, it's like um, pen testing, I feel like in so many cases, and I don't mean to kind of, you know, uh, knock down our vendors here, but it's like, I feel like they're, they're just like a standard web app script pack that they all run. And it doesn't like the APIs are just an invisible surface on that. And uh, it's well, rare that they find anything on those things. And it's, but, but I think back to like when I took uh, years ago, like my first like GIAC course, and it was like, I was kind of like, went, oh, like here's the pack of, of tools that hackers usually use. We're going to learn how to use them and run this stuff. And so it really is just right. run the script pack, right? Like this is the things most people use. So, like, is there yeah. kind of that script pack out there for APIs now? Like, I don't know. I haven't um, yeah. Yes and no. Yes and no, right? Like, the script pack would look like, and there are tools out there that do, like, like the web scanners out there, right? They're going to they're gonna throw a bunch of, you know, injections into your input parameters and fuzzing. and Which is still the top exploit, right? <laughs> like, yeah, no, it's like. That's that's like you know shame on you if you get if you get um, breached from an injection like yeah. that's a detectable thing you know like there's no excuse for that um, now the 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 scanners need to be API savvy right so they need to be able to read a Swagger file and know what your endpoints look like and, and that kind of thing so so yeah right that's that's kind of the next generation and, and the tools are, are are coming out that do that but let's be real though like you know if you take the Coinbase example, that's there's no pack for that, yep. right? Like there's there's some you know there's some sophistication of testing that needs to happen, right? And and I think where where things are weakest is on authorization, yep. right? Like finding an endpoint with no with no um, authentication, it's not that hard, right? Um, there are tools that do that. We do that. Lots of things can do that, right? But things that will actually exercise your 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 unique application logic and then try to manipulate and exploit and try you know let's log in as dan and then let's log in as jason and and try to access dan's record like that's that's trickier it is but you can automate that even at that level but it's not like 
here, let me just run this off the shelf scanner and I'll get my result in five minutes. There, there's no SSL labs equivalent of, yeah. of that um, to get to that level of depth. There, there is plenty that will look for injections and you know that sort of thing and authentication weakness. But you got to go deeper than that because that's where the that's where the gnarly stuff is that that's leading to the the real serious breaches. Yeah, it's uh, I, I've been encouraged to see in the last few years that you know OWASP adopting the API top ten, and I think it's been helpful one to sort of illuminate that it is mostly the same stuff as all the other application exploits, but it all has yeah. a little bit different twist to it. So we've been really supportive and like. Uh, put together a, a style guide that can be used either in our platform or with the uh, spectral, the open source side, uh, just to try to help catch those things as like, it's not much to your point. It doesn't do anything for the the application logic, but at least all the basics, the fun, you know, the simple stuff yeah. that you would be really embarrassed if you got exploited with, we can at least help check that stuff. Well, you're right. And, and they just came out with the new edition, mm -hmm. the 2023 update. And the first version came out in 2019, so it's been around four years. And item one and two are unchanged, right? Like it's the same stuff. Item one is broken object level authorization, so that's kind of like the Coinbase scenario. Yes. Number two is broken auth, right? Like okay, like for sure, that's that's a perfect application of of spectral and, and stoplight. Like, have you defined what the authentication requirements are on every one of these? Yeah. Every one of these endpoints, and there are tons of breaches that happen because of that, right? So it has it has um, it has you know the, the 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 sort of primary breach vectors tend to still look the same, right? And so if you're if you're tackling auth you know, authorization and authentication, you're giving yourself a pretty good start on on securing your APIs. Yeah, for sure. Uh, definitely plug for our OWASP top ten. Uh style guide it it does a lot of good please use it people <laughs> uh, you don't <laughs> even have to pay us like you know you just use the open source thing if you can't afford it uh we, but it is easier if you pay a little something you can just click the button but uh there you go like don't don't be embarrassed by these easy things <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly i mean just to build on that like uh, you're making me think of another another example that that kind of tells the story so it's it's peloton where Someone found their API. It wasn't really meant to be used in the wild, but they found it. And through the API, they could they could access pretty much all four million users' records, right? And including records that were marked private, right? So I'm a Peloton guy. If I set my account as private, well, the API, you know, had direct access to everything, right? So the issue number one was no authentication, zero, right? So like Spectral would have found that, Stoplight would have found that right off the bat. Um, but when they got notified about the issue, they went and what did they do? They added authentication, all right? So great, uh, now you have to authenticate and then you still have access to all 4 million records, <laughs> right? So that's authorization. So they managed to, to hit both uh, BOLA or OWASP number one and number two yes. in that same, that same episode. But it, it just goes to show like that stuff happens a lot, right? And so... Um, maybe that should be, you know, some of our sort of like core advice for organizations is really focus on, on that authentication and authorization and, and you'll add a lot of, a lot of security to your API. Yeah. And, uh, you know, certainly we're, uh, design time or, or, uh, design first idea logs a little bit, but I, I think I always try to point out to people like you don't, 
you don't have to wait until you develop the API. Like if you're building your spec up front, you can find these things before you even start writing code. Like, uh, and it's again, where like running a spec yeah. or rule set or something that catches the fact that you have a dev that didn't even specify auth. Like there's no reason to let that even get past design time. Uh, it's, it's just too much. That's right. And, and then, and then have some sort of like, you know, validation process that says, all right, you know, we expect that this endpoint should have this level of auth. Does it actually have it? Right. And that's, that's ripe for automation, right? There, yeah. There's no reason that can't be automated. For sure. For sure. Uh, well, we've already talked about kind of the APSEC university. Like I said, I checked it out. It seems pretty cool. And it's funny that you mentioned that some people are making it like a training requirement. I immediately started thinking like, huh, maybe I should add this to our uh, security training curriculum. It's interesting. Um, but where else can folks kind of keep up with you and uh, kind of continue to learn more? Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate uh, the, the question. So um, appysecuniversity.com or appysecu.com, if uh, you want the shorter version, is is a great place to go. Um, we're actually posting a whole lot of good stuff into YouTube these days. So look for the app appysecu um, handle on, on YouTube. We do a lot of educational sessions that don't turn into courses. So like last week, we did a, a, a session on PCI, they've got a new DSS 4.0 requirement, um, and it's for the first time ever talks about APIs. So we talked yes. to some some really great experts. So so check out uh, our YouTube channel, um, Twitter, LinkedIn, of course. Um, we we have a um, very great community. In fact, uh, if you sign up for our courses, we've got a Discord community where you can talk to other API experts. I think we got 8,000 people in there now. Um, so a really healthy, vibrant community. Um, so lots of ways to to keep in touch. But um, like I say, this is all, this is not a business for us, right? This is, this is you know, we're, we're putting all this, this content out there to help elevate security awareness, security expertise uh, of the market. Our courses have tests and quizzes and exams. So we issue, we issue certificates and badges, um, which people, put on their LinkedIn profiles all the time, which is really cool to see. And we're actually um, sort of following up on the the OWASP, the new edition of OWASP. We got a new edition of uh, our OWASP uh, course. Um, so it goes into every one of them in a lot of detail. So a lot of good content out there for, for folks to take advantage of. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for sharing everything and uh, definitely go check it out, folks. Uh, lots of good things to learn. And as we enumerated here, there's a lot of easy things to catch. It's maybe not as complicated as you're thinking. Uh, well, thanks again, Dan. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for listening. If you have a question you want to ask, look in the description of whichever platform you're viewing or listening on, and there should be a link there so you can go submit a question and we'll do our best to find out the right answer for you. API Intersection podcast listeners are invited to sign up for Stoplight and save up to $650. Use the code Intersection10 to get 10% off a new subscription to Stoplight Platform Starter or Pro. Take a look at this episode's description for more details.